0: everyone, and welcome to The Rumcast. My name is John Gullah, and with me is Will Hookinga, and we are your hosts for this rum podcast, where we talk about all things rum-related with the people who love and shape it. Uh, Will, it's been a while since we've had an episode where it's just us, uh, but yeah. today we're going to be identifying and discussing uh, where we think some of the larger gaps might be with uh, some of the more well-known rum product lines and brands that are out there, and where I, I presume we hope they will eventually fill those gaps or at least that's the way i was kind of looking at it
1: yeah i like to think of this as rums that i wish existed ah, so yeah some some of these are Actually, I think most of the ones I've come up with are brand specific, but I also just kind of have some 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 broad ideas. But I won't get into it too much. I know we're we're gonna save that for uh for the main the meat of the episode, if you will. But before but we get into course. that, yes. I, I do have yeah for an amuse bouche, if you will. Oh, before nice. we get into that, good reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. About you, you mentioned this is the first time in a while. It's been an episode with just the two of us, no mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. Our last episode was a first, which was a solo interview. You, you were unfortunately not able to make it. Yes. I was, you know, carrying the the huge burden, all the pressure, everything, uh, extremely nerve wracking. But the most nerve wracking part of all was, you know, about twelve hours or so before the interview, when I realized I have two options: either there's gonna be no rapid fire for the yeah. first time. Dump it, yeah. Ever on an interview on the Rumcast. Or I'm gonna have to be the one who actually comes up with these questions. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I introduce that segment on the show, I usually introduce it as a segment that comes from your mind. You know, mm-hmm. you cook up these questions, mm-hmm. and that's all a hundred percent true. A lot of times I don't even really see the questions until minutes before we do the interview and mm-hmm. so you know every now and then i'll suggest a question or something like that but that is like a 99.9 percent segment that you cover all the time and so i ended up i decided i couldn't let the tradition die even though it felt a little wrong not having mm-hmm. you there to do it but mm-hmm. i felt it would be unfair to Alessandro for him to come on the podcast for the first time and not get to do you know the the special thing that everyone gets yeah. to do so I ended up doing it and I haven't asked you if you've had a chance to listen to it or not. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I wanted to see if you did listen to it and if you had a grade for me on my performance in the rapid fire round.
0: Well, first of all, I will say good choice because I think moving through with it rather than dumping <laughs> it was, was a good idea. And like you're saying, I think it's like people expect it now, you know, right. can't have somebody come on the show and just be like, all right,
1: that's it. I know so, I couldn't good, let the people choice. down. Uh, I did listen to it. Uh, Okay, I I listened to the episode. Good. This would be a really boring segment if you had just been like, "No, I haven't haven't checked it out
0: (laughs) yet." So I'm glad that you did. Um, I I remember listening to it, and I remember thinking you did it. What I would say is an an admirable job with it. Uh, Okay, I can I can take
1: admirable. Yeah, I I can take that.
0: The the thing is, Will. Let's be honest. I think I'm just zany and like you are. You bring a zaniness. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, you did you instead of trying to do me, which I think was the right move there. The the, the zaniest
1: that that I could think of was uh, ending it with asking what uh, the the perfect prayer would be uh, when having a drink at at the bar at their distillery, which is made from an altar that used to be in a church. So, you know, I have to admit, um, I was hoping for a better answer than Salud with that
0: one. (laughs) It it makes sense. I thought it It was perfect. It was great. You know, yeah, yeah, it's good
1: don't you don't, um, don't want to, you know, go too far outside the lines. Uh, you know, bringing religion up is always, uh, yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, it was maybe a safe answer, but a really good one. Um, and yeah. I had the question about the horses, uh, which was kind of fun, but I definitely, yeah. I was racking my brain, and I was like, I can't pull off, like, asking him to, like, I, I can't pull off, like, inventing a jingle or something for Daka Bend, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, even though I knew if you had been there, you would have come up with some clever question around DACA bend, uh, mm-hmm. something. I just, I couldn't get there. That, that's, you know, that's why you're, a, it's one of the many reasons why you're essential to this operation.
0: Well, what I think is we play off each other well. And so, <laughs> uh, again, I would say you handled it uh, well. And I'm sure if it were the, the shoe were on the other foot, Will, um, mm-hmm. I would stumble my way through the, the wonderful intros that you usually do, and <laughs> setups, and uh, good questions and follow-ups. So there's that. But uh, anyway, yes, good good job overall. I was sad to have missed it because it was a really good interview, and it sounds like you know he's really got something good cooking there. So
1: yeah, uh, yeah, we, we we always get great listener responses to. Mexican rum. So Mm -hmm. yeah, gotten some great emails. And uh, it's an exciting category. So but john enough navel gazing talking about my own segment on a previous episode. What's going on with you? Any any topics to hit before we get into our actual episode for today? Uh, nothing big. I just did want to give a quick shout out to those that were at the New York
0: Rum Fest uh, recently we got uh, a few of the Patreon members that were talking back and forth to each other and yeah. I know I was feeling you know a little bit like man I should have somehow found a way to get there because it seemed like they were just having so much fun with getting together and hanging out so you know cheers to, to all of you there who, who got there and were hanging out together and it seems, it seems cool though Will that we can find ways to bring rum lovers together in, yeah. in these different places. And even Will, we got a message on Instagram uh-huh. from one, another previous guest, Calvin okay. Francis, who All said, right, yeah. yeah, he had said while he was there, I guess there were a number of people that had come to him and had heard him on the podcast. And it was like he said a breath of fresh air to have so many people come up to his table that already knew about the product, that knew what he was doing. So it was a different experience for him. And that was kind of cool, too, just again, to see that we're connecting people he got uh, some requests too, right? He said something about people wanted to join the wolf pack. Exactly. <laughs> that's what yeah. it was. that was
1: the best part. <laughs> and
0: come down for carnival. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's super cool. So the wolf pack is growing uh, exponentially.
1: <laughs> I want to join the wolf pack too. Yeah. Life goals. Well, yeah, that's awesome. That's the great thing about in person stuff is is getting to connect with uh, with li- listeners and other people in the rum community. So hopefully we'll have some more of those in our future. But yeah, John. With that said, our topic of the day rum gaps rums we wish existed in mm-hmm. distilleries lineups this was a you know you said you're the zany one I, I wouldn't say this idea is zany but it's a little bit off the wall it's when you came yeah. up with but it it really as soon as you said it my mind started going 100 different directions and i was like that's a really fun thought exercise and i do have some thoughts on that i have Excellent. some ideas to share so i'm excited to get into that I took it seriously
0: too and just from the sense of like figuring out well where is there like you said it best is there something that doesn't exist that I wish existed especially I tried to think about some of the major players or well known brands in in doing so and then like you said also that started to feed in some, some thoughts of categorization and, like, different things that maybe they're they're less concrete ideas, but still things that are worth exploring or just mm-hmm. discussing. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to bring mine uh, to you. I, I figured maybe it might be interesting to give an example of okay. what we're talking about when we say this. Yeah. So, One that comes to mind that we kind of previously talked about was with Appleton, right? Appleton Mm -hmm. 15, the Black River casks from, came out uh, not too long ago, maybe a couple years ago at this point. Um, But previous to that, right, so you had the Appleton Signature, you had the Appleton 8, the 12, and then it jumped all the way up to the 21. And so it kind of left that big gap in their lineup is the way I was viewing that until the 15 showed up. And then now you had the limited release of the 17, which isn't, you know, that's that's not something that's gonna stay around. But at least it's. You Let's see
1: not do it, any more time on that for now.
0: <laughs> they're filling it in. They're filling it in slowly. There, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so that was the idea: was to see. Well, is there other brands or distilleries right. uh, that could benefit from doing that, and that we would be wanting to to enjoy?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, can we come up with? What's the next Appleton 15, sort of? And yeah. I don't think we limited it to just coming up with like another aged, you know, no. a, like specific number. It's For like, sure. oh, well, El Dorado should do an El Dorado 16 or something right. like that. <laughs> um, hopefully that's not one of your ideas. But Who does an El
0: Dorado 16? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Who we does got a little that? more. Step little, into
0: my office, Will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little more creative than that. But do uh, do you, you want to take a quick break and then we can dive into yeah. the list when we get back? Let's do it.
0: All right, we're back with our lists of gaps in rum lines, and uh, we'll, we'll keep it uh, pretty broad for now to see what comes out of this. But, Will, I, I guess I feel like you should start okay, and see what you got and, and give it to me, and we'll go from there.
1: So the first thing that came to mind for me, and I think this is just because you alluded to, or you mentioned this release directly right before the break, but the release of the Appleton 17-Year Legend Edition I just have had Appleton on the brain and, you know, we Mm -hmm. did a whole episode kind of talking about that and everything. But so I'd just been thinking about their whole lineup and we'd had more discussions about it on our patron happy hour recently. We talked about it with a bunch of listeners and had some great thoughts. And one thing that came out of that conversation that I haven't been able to get out of my head was I really wish there was an accessible pot still, hundred percent pot still rum from Appleton. And to give you an example of, of a similar rum in the marketplace that I think this one could model itself after, this would be something to designed to compete with Smith & Cross, for example. Okay. So it. a 100% pot still aged rum, maybe no age statement, maybe a, a lower age statement. This is something that I think should still be affordable. And you can get a bottle of Smith & Cross for what? Little over thirty bucks. I, I would think. say twenty nine.
0: Yeah, thirty. And it's mm-hmm. a,
1: it's high, Smith and Cross is fifty seven percent ABV. This one wouldn't necessarily have to be that high, but I right. do think something that's at least a hundred proof and is kind of like really brings a little bit more oomph. And it's something that I think. Rum enthusiasts would probably enjoy it on its own. Like I know plenty of rum nuts who love to sip on Smith and Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great, neat as well. It's Pretty but damn popular in a cocktail too. Yeah, exactly. it, it yeah. like it can still you know be at a price point where it's affordable for bars and that sort of right. thing. And so, here's what I think would be really cool. Okay, and this is where the Appleton Seventeen connection comes in. Okay, is I don't think that they should release this rum under the Appleton line. And even though Uh, the Appleton 17-year was released under Appleton, originally it was the uh, J. Ray uh, and Nephew 17-year. I see where you're going here. So what if they released it under the J. Ray and Nephew Mm -hmm. brand? Mm -hmm. Because to my knowledge, you know, there's not an aged product right now that has J. Ray and Nephew on it being produced currently. And Ray and Nephew, you know, you think about them and it's like, well, it's just been the standard overproof, you know, and the, the clear bottle with the, yeah. the vibrant green and, and yellow label on it for years and years and years. Like it's iconic, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, they actually just last year did the Parish collection, which was a limited release. I think it's, they said about 14,000 cases. And I, I believe all it is is just a slightly higher ABV edition. Of Ray and Nephew, so it's seventy percent ABV. Mm. It's kind of funny that it's just like, what if we just made it even stronger? You know, <laughs> um, but it has like a different label. I think there's four different labels out there that uh, are kind of tied to four different parishes in Jamaica. So I think going off the momentum of doing something different with that mm. brand for the first time. Imagine if they did something, you know, that's under five years in age. All pot still has the J Ray and Nephew brand, and so that way it's like. I think the concern for Appleton might be they don't want to undercut sales of Appleton 8-year and Mm -hmm. Signature, Mm -hmm. right? Because those are kind of the workhorse, particularly Signature, the workhorse cocktail rum. So it has to be something that's a little bit different. But at the same time, I don't really think either of those rums are necessary. Like, there's a little bit of overlap in their competition with rums like Smith & Cross. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Smith and Cross has very specific uses in cocktails that those rums don't really cover in the same way, both in strength and in flavor. Right, right. So I really think if they – and um, another thing that has this on my mind was – I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but um, obviously we've all – or many of us have been able to taste – 100% 100% pot still Appleton rum through the Hearts collection. Um, I picked up an eight-year all pot still release from Moon Import of Appleton rum that I just mm-hmm. find really delightful, and it has, you know, it's it's the most funk in an Appleton rum that you you've ever tasted if you've had those mm-hmm. releases. And so mm. I just really think that that could be a super exciting release, and the brand is iconic. I think rum enthusiasts would flock to get that, and I think it would fill a little niche in the rum market that Appleton. Doesn't really crack with their current lineup to me right, right. now.
0: Yeah, this is smart. This is uh, that's a really smart one. This is the one that I would say to myself, "Damn, I wish I would have thought of that." Um, <laughs> Good, we're starting I, strong then. I, I, I mean, I really, you know, I try not to be uh, effusive to you and, and give you <laughs> shit about things, but this one is this one is smart, and it's smart in a couple of ways. The first one, as you alluded to, was the 17 release did kind of piss some people off. And so now it's kind of like you might be following kind that of. up with something that, that might get them back on their side. Yeah, especially it's a little peace nice offering. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Smooth I love things the, over. Idea. <laughs> that's what we should call it, the, the smoothing over rum. I like that you're saying it should go under the J. Ray and Nephew uh, brand because it really, it wouldn't fit in a way into the Appleton line. And so I think that's also another smart play to extend that brand into that kind of category and and do that with them. So and I also happen to agree with you. I don't think Smith and Cross directly competes. I would say it would be a, a, a bad day if I had to use Appleton Signature to replace uh, Smith and Cross in some yeah. kind of a drink.
1: Yeah, so, it's not really replaceable with another Appleton. Right, rum and, and I
0: don't mean the- that is right. I'm sorry, I don't mean that is in like Appleton Eight is or Signature is bad. No, I just they're mean doing it's different just not jobs. one to one exactly. Yeah, right. So that's a that's a pretty damn good. One. That's a tough act to follow here. I feel I feel, uh, I feel um, like I'm not going to bring it as hard as you did.
1: That's why I wasn't I wasn't worried about going first because I was really delighted with bitch. with that idea. So I should have um, gone first. <laughs> we should have built up to this. All right. Well, don't sell yourself short. Your your idea may have me wishing that I thought of it as well. So go ahead and hit me with your your first idea.
0: Well, so I'll start with my most straightforward one, just because I feel like even any of mine probably are going to be tough to compete with that one. And so I'll start with the easiest and probably the most well known here in a way, which is a Dorleys older aged product. Okay. So Dorleys has a good line that starts, you know, three, five, eight. And then 12. And then they have that kind of somewhat release, the 14 that is now in the EU. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to pick something like a Dorley's 15 for an American market and see if that worked. But I just found out today, just like two hours ago on Reddit, that it looks like somebody posted Dorley's 14 is now in total wine. All right. Well... So, I have to throw this one out the window. Requests granted. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it, so just to really quickly go over why I was saying this is because I think there, there's good reasons. Number one is mm-hmm. you have more long aged ECS releases coming out, like Covenant at 18 year. We've yep. seen multiple releases of Barbados 20 year now. So, mm-hmm. I have to imagine they're aging these stocks more over there at Foursquare. And so not everything can be an ECS barrel. Right. So where does it go? Well, right. I guess it could go to a number of places. But if you have good stuff, that Dorley's you know, 14 or 15 seems like a logical step. All right. But I'm, I'm going to dump out of that one now. Okay. And I'm going to go to a different one, right. which is, I think, again, straightforward. I'm staying in the same theme here of... A longer aged version of something that's out there, but with an age statement. Okay, and that is uh, Don Q.
1: Ah, oh. so oh, I think
0: okay, so Don Q, something above the, line, the the, right. the Gran Añejo. right? Uh, well, and so maybe even I, I don't want to say replace the Gran Añejo, because mm-hmm. here, here, let me give my thoughts on first. They have their their unaged, their gold, which is a blend, right? Then they have the seven, so they do have an age statement seven. Yep. And then they have, as you mentioned, the Gran Anejo, which is a blend of older rums. Mm-hmm. And I think that product is fine, but I tend to gravitate towards the seven more than the Gran Anejo, anyways.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a really, I, I, I mean, the like seven is such a phenomenal value. It,
0: it is. And it seems like a logical extension of doing that then would be to do something like a Don Q double digit, whatever that would be 12. Mm-hmm you know, whatever, around that age. Uh, it seems like nobody does 13. Let's go for Don Q 13 <laughs> and just keep it odd. But the idea there is I think it would be really nice and strong to see a double number or numeral sta- age statement Don Q. Mm-hmm. They've had the single barrels, obviously, the vintages right. and things like that. But what I was gonna say is that I think this one, as we've talked about before, it, it can be a little stronger maybe then some of the Don Qs, it doesn't have to be at 40. Even if they put it at 43 or 46, that would be awesome. And, and I think they have those other stocks and other kind of things that they could maybe differentiate this release with, too. So yeah. a heavier rum, for instance, a Mark, right? I, so something along those lines.
1: I, I love this idea because, you know, their lineup, as you said their lineup, I was, th- I was thinking to myself, they have a pretty, like, expansive lineup. But then you said it, and I was like, wow, there really isn't that much in terms yeah. of standard aged releases that are a little bit up there you really do just kind of have the 7 and the Gran Añejo and maybe some more you know limited stuff beyond right. those but there really is room there i think for something like a 10 year or a tw- maybe a 12 year would 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 be I nice i think a 12 is probably the right number yeah and and i think their style of rum because it's very cask driven and i just think the flavor profile they have is so approachable and mm-hmm even familiar to drinkers from other spirit categories even though it's you know undeniably rum it uh i think having something in that a little bit higher age range basically like an amped up version of the 7 would would really Do well, and I feel like they could come up with a competitive price point for that. I
0: exactly. I was that was the last point I was going to make is I think it doesn't have to be super expensive. Yeah, and that uh, you get that, and as much as we want to say, oh, age statements, you know, they're they're different. There's tropical aging, there's continental aging, Mm -hmm. there's all these different factors. We know at the end of the day, you know, two numerals it sells. Yeah, you know, m- meaning uh, something above 10 years, they right. tend to sell pretty well, especially if your price point is okay. Yeah. So it's about growing your brand, right? And and I think Don Q could grow at the top end a little bit more. I think the Gran Añejo is nice. It's it's good, but there's there's more they can do there. So it's just something in that range that I'm looking for.
1: Well, and I think the, the, the Gran Añejo, I'm still imagining it as a rum that is marketed as like a tier above whatever this new release would be. It like I see be. this one being mm-hmm. in the the middle area between the seven and the Gran Añejo. And if Foursquare can put out Dorley's 12 at the price point that they do, I, you know, right. I may be, this may be an oversimplification, but it's like, I don't understand why Don Q couldn't get to something similar, maybe a little bit more expensive, but right. Right. They, you know, they have, they're a large scale distillery, they produce a lot of rum. I don't know exactly what their aged inventory looks like, mm-hmm, so there might mm-hmm. be some planning to get right. to a stage where they can release it at a competitive price point, but I'd love to see another rum like that from them. I'd definitely yeah. p- pay more to, to get something that's a little bit longer aged and a little bit beefier in flavor mm-hmm. than the 7, because that's my only crit- critique with the 7, is it's just very it's very light, it and, is. you know, it's dialed back. And again, I still I think it's a really solid rum, underrated, very, you know, great value. But I would love something a little bit more. Yeah.
0: And, and to your point of the Gran Añejo and maybe it fits in underneath that. Well, maybe that allows them to pull the ceiling off the Gran Añejo a little bit as well hmm. and change that blend and maybe make that even a little bit more special. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. So on to your uh, number two. What do you got?
1: All right. So my next one, I am going to go over to Guyana and our friends at Demerara Distillers Limited. And, you know, I DDL entered my mind at first and I was kind of like, you know, they their line is pretty comprehensive, yeah. especially yeah. now that they're doing the single still stuff and the cast strength single still stuff. There's just, there's a lot that they're doing. But then I put on my you know, weird rum enthusiast hat, and I was like, "What's something that rum enthusiasts would want to see from them that would be super cool, but that might not be as straightforward, traditional mass market release? But mm-hmm. they could still do it. Wouldn't be super limited or anything." Yep. And I got to thinking about their first rum in terms of age is the three year. Like that's the youngest yep. that I believe they go at least uh, in in the El Dorado line. Yep. Yet they have. This extreme mm-hmm. uh, diverse, you know, diverse set of stills, diverse set of distillates that they mm-hmm. can use, mm-hmm. and I, I started thinking to myself, what would a cool, unaged or very lightly aged blend look like, where you are pulling from all the different stills? So I, I, I I'm mm. pretty sure the three year El Dorado is just lighter column still distillate, but what if you did one that was kind of like think of it, it somewhere occupying the space of like a ProBitas. It's like a premium, lightly aged mm, cocktail okay. rum. Mm-hmm. And you've got like some, some Port Morant, some unaged Port Morant in there, you know, yeah. like playing the role of that unaged Hampton in, mm-hmm. in, in Probotas. And I just think like, I would love to go in their little blending facility with, uh, with their master blender and just see the, all the creations that she could come up with because so many different distillates to work with. And, you know, they, they even have some high ester distillates. So maybe you right. put a, you know, a few drops of that in there to, to just bring the whole blend a lot uh, to life, but maybe some, you've got some column still to make up the base of it, but then you sprinkle in some Port Morant, some for sales, maybe a tiny bit of that high ester. I just would love to see what they come up with. What's where is the quote unquote white rum blend for rum nerds? You know, mm. I want the b- boutique version of an El Dorado white rum, basically, is what I'm asking yeah. for.
0: So ironically, this was the thought I had when I came up with this idea. Oh, really? So, yes. You ch- By the way, we didn't say it, but we don't talk to each other about our picks ahead of time. No. So uh, we didn't know. And, and yeah, so the, the initial thought when I came up with the idea and I had texted you with it was mm-hmm. an unaged Guyana or a lightly aged, like you're saying, DDL release. Okay, I, wow. I dumped out of that. Why? And par- part of the reason I dumped out of it was because I forgot about Diamond, right. first of all, that they have the unaged Diamond. I saw they it do? on a shelf recently, and I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. right, that exists. Yep. Um, because the, the first thought was like, well, Eldo stops at three, like you said, mm-hmm. and doesn't go underneath that. So then I was like, well, I guess I have to dump out of that. There could be a lightly aged, but I, I wasn't sure it was there. Now that you've said it, though, I'm back to thinking exactly <laughs> that. That like I was like, yeah. There, there really probably is room whether it fits in the Eldorado lineup or not is a good question similar to your last one is this something that you know like Probotas also that's that's people in the know know it's Foursquare and Hamden right but it, it's really like kind of under the label of Probotas Veritas so you know how do they market something like that I don't I don't quite know but do I think that there is something there to that absolutely because I actually had a similar idea before yeah uh, so it seems like there is a want there
1: uh, some, some Somewhere in the ether bringing up Diamond is is good because yeah I didn't include that in my initial overview of them but they do have the Diamond White Rum. They also have Diamond 151 as well which mm-hmm. uh, I think a few uh, a few years ago that would have been maybe a cool idea for this would be for El Dorado to do their own Demerara 151 because you know the big ones that are the yeah. go-to's for people are Hamilton 151 which comes from DDL, right. uh, Lemonheart 151 which comes from DDL, but DDL right. has now done their own 151. So yeah, I'm I'm in on the blended, lightly aged, white rum for rum nerds. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the elevator pitch. <laughs> Which would probably not be that convincing to the decision makers at DDL. But I don't know how much of a money maker this one is, but I don't know, I think it could be cool.
0: The whole idea was, it, it, I mean, obviously, yes, it has to turn a profit. But it was also to kind of fill in something that might appeal to another person that brings you into that line or yeah. brand in a way that maybe you hadn't engaged with it before. So there, there's always you know, con- some kind of extra things also. It's not only about profitability, although it has to be at least somewhat. And that goes along with maybe my next pick here. I was thinking the other day as I was experiencing uh, one of my favorite rums, And that I had recently got this bottle, and it's a Hamilton. Okay. It's no longer available.
1: Oh. Can't buy it anymore. One of the St. Lucias, perhaps.
0: Exactly. So this is the St. Lucia Distillery uh, nine-year Hamilton release. And I was thinking to myself, why doesn't St. Lucia Distillers have something like this now? And then I I started spooling that thought out about maybe why they don't, which is number one, uh, like DDL, they have a lot of stills available and they craft a lot of blends and that's kind of where I think their magic resides. A lot Mm -hmm. of it is in the blending process. So that doesn't mean you can't have an age statement blend though, of course, but typically then that limits you, right? You know, in your blending tools or your palette, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the reason why I'm answering my own question. However. What I also thought to myself is, well, I still think there might be room to do this and still have a great rum that has an age statement on it um, that you can put out there that I think would grow the brand. And so now I started thinking, well, is that Chairman's Reserve? Is it Admiral Rodney? And what I kind of came up with was, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference between some of the Chairman's Reserve and the Admiral Rodney line. There is. There is some. Don't get me wrong.
1: I would, in my mind, they're very different.
0: Really? Yeah. So, how so? Let me ask you the question and then make
1: sure I'm I'm putting the right frame around this. Well, Admiral Rodney is expensive. It's on, you know, the higher end of things. And to me, the expensive Chairman's Reserve are the Chairman's Reserve Master Selections. And those, to me, are just a completely different animal from... Admiral Rodney, you do have the one like the FRS release that y'all did a few Mm -hmm. years ago that Mm -hmm. was all column still, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, this is like a version of Admiral Rodney that I would like. Um, (laughs) It's not, you know, (laughs) it's not that I think Admiral Rodney is bad. I just, it's, I just more, I gravitate towards Chairman's Reserve for you know that price point, and and that to me is also like kind of what I see as that distillery's version of the Hamilton releases. Like to me, I know that the master selection, like there's not one necessarily that's exactly like the St. Lucia ones that have Mm -hmm. uh, from Ed that have developed a cult following, but they're in, they're doing a similar job, right? They're, they're high strength. There's a lot of, you know, single still, 100% yes. pot still, like they're not all blended. So that's where I think you have that a little bit. It's just, you know, those are limited and exactly. in, in different areas. Like one might come out exactly. that's that's in the wheelhouse of the Hamilton. Oh, but it's exclusive to, you know, some liquor store in, I don't know, Minnesota or something. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to find it. So yeah. I think what you're describing is a mass market consistent bottling. Exactly right. So I'm, I'm glad
0: you're, you followed exactly where my thoughts were going with it mm-hmm. and probably put it better than I could. Um, the idea being is exactly like you said, the master selections are great, yeah. but they're, they're limited and they're regional. Right. And so could you put something out, whether it was under the chairman's reserve line or the other option there would be to take Admiral Rodney and maybe give that the age statements? because currently those are blends as well. And where I meant by the commonalities are not the master selections, but chairman's reserve regular, like the, the, the regular line. And those are blends, right? Mm -hmm. The legacy is a blend, which is a great product we talked about in the past. Um, but the chairman's regular, the forgotten casks is there. Right. And then you've got these three Admiral Rodneys, which are separated by their blends of rums that are of different years. Right. But, the, so the blends are of a different age range, but it doesn't have an age statement on it in the same way that you would expect uh, yeah. one
1: to have. That's so, interesting. I never thought about they don't really have any releases that are like, they you don't chairmen's or admirals, number, that kind of exactly. thing. Right. Um, which, right. you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's interesting. And they do also have the uh, a newer thing they've been doing over the last few years are the chairman's vintages that come Mm -hmm. out like Mm that, you know, they had a 2009 and that sort of thing, but still not the same as what you're talking about.
0: Right, and I think part of that is the the parent company Spirit Bomb, which we talked with Ben Jones recently. Mm-hmm. If you think of the the Martinique rums, and then you think of Saint Lucia, which is a world apart, but there's like the the same thing kind of exists in, in terms of they don't have H statements for those really either. It's XO, it's VSOP, it's whatever, mm-hmm. and that's from the, you know the the French heritage, and mm-hmm. I get all that. But so it seems like they've just made this kind of decision at some point that H statements were something that they weren't going to go after. And again, like you're saying, I'm not I'm not getting on a soapbox. Here, saying they must do this and why, how dare they not have an age statement rum? Nothing like that. What I'm trying to say is if I want to get St. Lucia uh, rums to more people, Mm -hmm. how would I do that? And I think one of the ways you probably do that is maybe an age statement statement rum. And as silly as that might be from just a pure marketing perspective, it might fill the shelf for them and separate the Admiral Rodney line to something different. Now you can say definitively, you can keep your blends with the chairmans and you go with Admiral Rodney and maybe they're a blend of older rums, but you still have an age statement on it. So your age statement for, you know, I don't remember which one's named which now, but one's a nine, one's a 12, one's a 15, or whatever you want to do. But I really think that that could go with the vibe of the Admiral Rodney. Hmm. Better than it would with Chairman's Reserve.
1: So the interesting thing to me is, I go the other direction, but yeah, I'm thinking it about it more. I'm thinking about it more from a flavor profile standpoint. To yes, me, yeah. if yeah. you're creating something that tastes similar to those Hamilton St. Lucia rums you're talking about, mm-hmm. that to me does not fit in at all with the other Admiral Rodney products. Whereas I think it 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 fits more with some of those master selection releases because the Admiral Rodney releases, I believe they're all from the column still, right?
0: That's a good question. I think they are all column.
1: Yes, I think they are. So you'd be I, adding I something from the in the lower plates of the column. Yeah. You'd be adding something in that's, you know, bringing in a different still. So when I think of chairman's reserve, that's, that's the one where it feels kind of like this, Mad scientists, blending lab, <laughs> like, like because that's what Laurie Barnard, right. who is the chairman, you know, that's right. who the brand is igno- uh, honoring. Yeah. that was his personality, and so to me, this is, seems like a rum that he would want to release. So that's why I think I associate a little bit more with chairmans, even though they do have a lot of products already so it could get maybe a little confusing because you've yeah. got you know the original like you said you've got the legacy you've got the forgotten casts, you've got the vintages you got the yep. Uh, yep. The, yep. the master selection so adding another thing on top of all those i could see the shelf getting a little confusing yeah. for people
0: well may- maybe we've hit upon why it hasn't happened yet maybe for them just because it just hasn't fit the right puzzle piece hasn't been found yet but what about uh, what think... about
1: what about combining the brands admiral's reserve
0: <laughs> there you go Uh, chairman Rodney (laughs) no that that doesn't have that doesn't work
1: well I I I would love if that were available because I I love the master selection but it is it's I wouldn't say it's hit or miss but it is it's hit or good basically you know so if there was a consistent hit out there that I could get anywhere and all the time that would be really cool
0: at the end of the day, I just think if you were able to to recreate something similar to those seven, eight, and nine-year-old Hamilton rele- releases and dump the current Admiral Rodney line and come out with that instead, they'd probably mm-hmm. sell better. Maybe you could That's, call it Ed's
1: Reserve. <laughs> Ed's Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, uh, that, might, that might not go over so well. Maybe not the, the smartest branding thing either. Um, okay, so... My next one, I actually this is a little bit of a crossover with, I, you know, I, I used Probotas as an example in the last one, yeah. but I mm-hmm. want to go off of that again because I think there's another idea here. And part of what was so cool when Probotas hit the scene was that it was two rum distilleries mm-hmm. collaborating on a blend together. You yeah, know, that was two cool. two mm-hmm. distinct places in the Caribbean, both coming together and saying, "Hey, let's blend our rums and put out." something that's its own brand, essentially. And I can't recall another time that's happened, you know, historically in rum, the blending, blending a Jamaica and a Barbados rum is very common, but it's usually Mm -hmm. done uh, from blenders, independent bottlers, people like that. It's not usually done by the distilleries themselves. And Mm -hmm. that rum has been, it's always tricky because it's like, I don't know how much of a massive business win that rum was, but it's so beloved in the rum enthusiast community and yep. I think it has to sell decently well, but it's probably not super high volume. So I don't know if it's like a a, a coup from a business standpoint, um, but certainly from like a brand recognition and just, you know, respect standpoint, I, mm-hmm. I think it's a big success. And so that left me wondering what's the next, why hasn't there been another Probatos like collaboration? And if mm-hmm. there were going to be another two distilleries to get together to do something well, similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying it has to be a blend of unaged and lightly aged rums right, right. designed for a daiquiri. This could be, right. this could be you know, 10-year-old rums or something. You could mm-hmm. you could really do anything. Sure. And so I was like, what would be some of the cool collaborations that also just kind of, you know, at least make sense? So we're not just, you know, like, why doesn't Antigua Distillery and MOBA do a blend? Like, I mean, yeah. that might be interesting from a rum nerd standpoint, but it just seems unlikely, you know, that right. that would happen happen um, right. so I came up with a few ideas and I'm curious to see if any have come to mind for you but the first one I just did as a, what if we got a little a little rivalry going you know because Probatos is Hampton and Foursquare so what if we got another Jamaican and Barbados Distillery oh, to do the I same thing you're going. and I was okay. thinking obviously the counterpart I feel like to Hampton is Worthy Park right. and then instead of Foursquare what if Mount Gay came in the picture and we got a little Mount Gay worthy park collaboration going. And then a little friendly rivalry between the four distilleries. Now it's like, you guys, you know, did your thing. We're going to do ours. Now we're going to do it our own way. And that's where I think maybe doing it as a, an, longer aged blend could be cool because I think that's a a strength for both of those distilleries and would just be something cool and different. I just kind of want to see what it looks like. Like if, if you got them in a room and said, hey, make something with your rums that you think tastes great. Like what are the ideas that would come out of that? And so, you know, Worthy Park obviously has a range of marks. Mount yeah. Gay has, you know, so much different age stuff going on. Um, yeah. I just think they could come up with some really cool stuff. So that was my first idea. This sounds like a, the premise to like a horror movie where like you
0: abducted Zan Kong and Maggie Campbell <laughs> or somebody and you throw them in a room with a locked door and a bunch of stuff. And you're like, you have that doesn't sound like a horror to movie to run. me. That
1: sounds like uh, if anything, it would be like a buddy comedy or, or something. You know, um, <laughs> there's thinking, nothing scary uh, about those two people. I was thinking what is it the game or whatever it is where the, the the people are all locked
0: in the room that first one like a horror premise but I could see it being a buddy movie I could totally see it.
1: If you don't lock <laughs> them in a room. You're trying to create like the sequel to Saw for some reason. Saw, that's um. what it was. That's what it was.
0: Yes, Saw. I don't yeah. know why your we'll mind went that way.
1: To me this is this is a this is a a call for jubilation and, and joy, you know, <laughs> these two distilleries coming together. It's not a horror movie. So that was my first idea. Um, another one that I wrote down that I think has some to use a really lame business word, some business synergy to it would be, I'm going to go back to DDL now. um, And I'm also, I I just feel like all these, all these blending ideas, it's like, I want to get Jamaica into the blend, you know, just cause Jamaican rums brings, brings so much uh, life to rum blends. I feel like, so what if El Dorado, not El Dorado, but Demerara distillers, which owns a one third stake in national rums of Jamaica did a collaboration with National Rums of Jamaica, which opens okay. up both Clarendon and Long Pond. Long Pond. So mm-hmm. you could go either way. I think I would start with Long Pond and see what you can get going between a, a Long Pond and a DDL blend. But again, okay. there's so many options with both of those distilleries. Yeah, why they not both, both? Yeah. they, they both Like Long Pond has so many marks. El Dorado has so many yeah. marks and stills. Yeah. Like you, you could probably, if you plugged it room. into a computer, yeah. it would probably be like, you know, there are... 38 million, you know, permutations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> of Different blends that you could do. So there's probably more than that. Honestly, it's probably infinite when you get into proportions and, and stuff like that. But so that's another one that I think could do a really cool Probotas style release. But any, any, uh, any ideas come to your mind with that concept I- in mind?
0: I do. Um, I, I hadn't previous, but when you started talking about this, my mind went to something immediately that I think would kind of be cool. And okay. I'm not sure I have the reasons why, other no. than the regional kind of idea. So forgive me for it being a new kind of thought here, but I think something like an Australia and a Fiji might be interesting. Oh, no, I love that. Because, yeah, and the regional connection. Exactly. Right. And I could see a Bin Lee product and a Fiji product working well together. It's like a South a Pacific way. blend. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like something like that would be really cool just to have done. And I, and I do think, again, I, I for some reason my brain is just saying those two would probably work well together.
1: Yeah, and um, I feel like logistically, you know, someone... The simple, yeah. Fiji well, and Australia are very far yeah. away from other rum distilleries right. in the world, but they're not that far away from each other. So, right, right. I, I love that. You know, yeah. You were you were worried that it was so fresh and and just for the moment that it was going to be good, but that's great. I'm mad. I didn't think <laughs> yeah. about that one. Oh man, I, I would I would definitely buy that. Yeah. I think I would be
0: really interested in something like that. This is a cool kind of category. This is something that I hadn't expected to come out of this thought process or exercise. But now that you're saying it, it's almost its own separate thing that you could explore. Yeah. So that's
1: uh, really cool. There's so many possibilities. And if you're listening and you have an idea of one that you think would be cool, definitely send us an email at host at romecast.com and let us know. But we're not done yet, John. I know you have at least one more to share. So what's it, what's it going to be?
0: I've got like one and a half left. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah,
0: it's typically the case. is half-baked ideas that I have. I'm going to go with my more solid one, which, again, is probably fairly straightforward, but I still think I can make a case for it. Okay. And so this is a Barbincourt product.
1: Oh, interesting. All right.
0: So if you know their line well, you know they have the 4, the 8, the 15, and they recently put out the uh, Haitian proof unaged, right. Uh, right, at 55%. And so that kind of filled in kind of the lower end of their range, which I think was a smart move. And I think that's a, I haven't had a chance to uh, experience it much yet, but I think it, it's, it makes sense to me. I have to double check if it's unaged or if it was just young, Asian but, filtered. But I know it was Haitian proof at 55% and it's a white rum. And they have the uh, standard
1: proof white run as well.
0: Yes. So my thought there was, okay, well they filled in that side of things. Why not go longer? Okay. And I've never seen and please anybody out there if you have seen it I would love to know is uh, something like a 21-year. So going fun really fun long, Yeah, I think an extra old-aged might be interesting. And again, you have to be careful with that because if you're aging in the Caribbean and you age too long, that could yeah. really take something over, especially a cane juice rum, right, which we know Barbancourt is. But I think you could probably do something like that. And and here's the reason why I wanted to go to this, Will, is because I think, I think we've mentioned this. The Barbancourt 8, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Do not like... It has some weird flavor to it that I just can't get past. It's like a plasticky type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, It's fine in a mixed drink, but I can't sip I've grown to like that a little bit more over the years. I know you do. You said that, and I I think you're weird (laughs) for that, but uh, (laughs) hey, more power to you. Um, But the 15, I really do like. I really enjoy it. And I'm not sure what the difference is in terms of what they're doing with those two products and if it's just the same thing aged or if there's a difference in what they're kind of making the makeup is. But So my thought was, well, what would happen if you age it longer? So maybe it is an 18 or a 20, or it could be a 21, which seems to be kind of where people go, like Eldorado and others Mm. seem to have a 21 Appleton. right? So they're big enough that I think that they could pull this off, number one, in terms of scale. I think they obviously would require a lot of planning, but I think they could do it, and I think they could do it at a reasonable price. Hmm. And so like we alluded to earlier with another one that we picked... I don't think this has to be a $250 rum. I right. think this could be 120, 130, 140 maybe in that range where you could get a a 20 or 21 year old rum uh, and presuming it is, you know, of good quality. Do that and maybe at a like a 46 or a 48 ABV range. So that's that's kind of what I was looking for from them to see. Would that bring a little bit more of something to the market that extends the rest of their line in that way that I was talking about earlier. It's not always about me- being a money maker. It's right. sometimes about how do you put out a great product that gets attention, and then you say, well, you know, the 15's are actually pretty good. Like we've said about Appleton. I would right. prefer the 15 every time over the 21. It doesn't yeah. mean the 21's bad, but you get where we're going with that. So this For is the almost price, reverse. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the idea.
1: Well, I think it's interesting and once you brought up price, I was just, you know, because I've always thought of Barbincourt as a very affordable it brand. Is. Like the yeah. the 8-year is is really affordable, the 15 is, you know, like it ranges bucks. from like mid mid yeah. 50s to mid yeah. 60s, but so yeah. I feel like their price points track with the price points from Appleton and El Dorado. I think mm-hmm. the corresponding Appleton and El Dorado uh, releases are yeah. right in the same Price wheelhouse. And so that makes me feel like if they did do a 21 year, they could put it out somewhere around where Appleton and Eldorado's 21 year, you know, uh, mm-hmm. 100, 150, 120. Uh, I don't, I know, I know Appleton 21 is. Was somewhere around there at one point. I don't know if it's increased or not, but yeah, it would be over a hundred dollars, but not pushing way up into two hundred dollar territory or anything. So I do think that could be uh, an interesting concept. I'd I'd grab a bottle to see how it is. As long as it's, if it were eighty proof or something, I would skip yeah but I, it, I mean, it just
0: feels like it's missing that's what i'm saying okay. that was p- part of this was not only about being creative but also where are the gaps in your mind and that one was one to our point about these other very large and well-known brands barbincourt's a pretty large and well-known brand and doesn't just doesn't exist yep. as far as i know so that was the idea of saying like well there feels like something should be there no yep. and so that's that's kind of what what i was going for
1: well i've got i've got one more um okay I felt really strongly about my first three. This one, I do think it's a little bit more straightforward, but it's something that I think would be really cool. And that would be a, where is worthy parks version of the great house releases Hmm. a, an annual release that changes from year to year. Mm -hmm. That is high strength premium price. Where is that? You know, I know we've seen some cask finishes And things along those lines, there's been some interesting barrel selections from various clubs, but just something that comes out once a year. And it could be maybe instead of like, well, Great House has a vintage on it, um, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it has a consistent age statement or any age statement necessarily. So you could do like, if you could do it Foursquare style, where it's a yearly vintage, but also has an age statement on the bottle. I just yeah. would love to see something else like that in Worthy Park's portfolio, something that I could look forward to every year, something that changes a little bit year to mm-hmm. year. You compare mm-hmm. them, see which one you like a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I know it takes time with newer distilleries to get to a place where your aging inventory is mature enough to where you have right. the flexibility to do stuff like that. So Worthy Park launched mid-2000s sometime around there. So they're still relatively young in the rum world, but I do think they're at a point now where they could work themselves into something like that with a little bit of planning and uh, some ideas. But I'm curious, if they were to do an annual release of some type, would you rather it be something like Great House where it's younger rums that uh, have a decent level of funk to them, aren't like Mm -hmm. crazy funk bombs or anything, but are, you know, potent. Or would you rather see something a little bit older and more towards the Foursquare vintage style?
0: That's a a tough one, because I would like to see both. (laughs) But I think I, I... I like the idea of where you're going with a, uh, a Cognate for the Great House for them. I mean, so that we know they already do stuff with Velier, or they have in the past yep. at least, right? And I know mm-hmm. Velier's involved in, in all of that with Hamden also. So it, it does kind of you know, set up the question of why haven't they done that as well. I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm team-worthy Park anyways, yeah. so yeah. I, I would love to see some sort of uh, annual release like that. And do you think it would be met with a lot of positive outcome? So you know, I think that's probably the way I would go if you're choo- if I'm having to choose one. It is interesting. I, I wonder if Hamden does have a lot of limited releases, and I think the Great House has been one that has stuck around that I think people like to collect. Mm-hmm. But then you had the the Bird series, and you had some of these other ones. And Worthy Park seems to have almost taken a slightly different approach. They have limited offerings too, more of them in Europe than in America. But they don't seem to have quite as many of those going around as Hamden does, and I wonder if they're on purpose doing that, or if they're they're thinking they don't about want to spread and, themselves too thin, right? Yeah. Right. And to your point about they, it takes time to build up and plan to, maybe that's just kind of where they've gotten to now, and they're more invested in a single barrel program or things like that. Well,
1: and I think that's the question with all of these ideas, right? right. Because it's adding yeah. something else to the portfolio of all these brands, and yeah, that's yeah. not always the way to go even if something is a really good idea i'm sure if we talked about this with zan or someone at worthy Worthy park they'd be like i'd love to see what that looks like but you know we're focused on these things this is what our markets want and you know there's There's always so much
0: hours in the day and there's always reasons not to do something
1: Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for narrowing your focus and that sort of thing but i do think that they have the reputation To where if they did this and it were around the size of the annual Great House release, I think there'd be a lot of demand and enthusiasm for that all over the rum appreciating world. So I think they could find a market for it if the stocks are there. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see it eventually. But you said you had a half of one more idea. So do you want to get into that or do you want to keep it in the oven for now?
0: No, I'll throw it out there, uh, half-baked. It's just a, a quick kind of add-on to what we talked about a little bit earlier about products that don't have age statements. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking with Mexican rum, yeah, what might be an interesting thing to do to separate them a little bit from the tradition of tequila and mezcal? Mm-hmm. Because right now you do have aged rums there, right? But they call them añejos, or yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've seen a reposado rum.
1: I, I don't I think, think I've seen that language yeah. used, but I do think that there is that thought process right. behind some of the, Like, this, this would be like a Reposado rum, basically.
0: Right, right.
1: And then they have their Añejo uh,
0: version. But I don't think I've really seen, at least it's not coming to mind, any Mexican rum that carries an age statement to it. Mm-hmm. And the thought was, not that age statements are everything in the end-all be-all, but that would they be able to separate the category just slightly... And kind of create a little bit of a space for their own with the the rum coming from Mexico, by doing so. So it's well, almost. Well, I I, el- I, I want to yeah. say
1: you're talking specifically about these Mexican cane juice rums, right? Because there That's are correct. there are yeah. brands from Mexico that are more mass market, molasses based style rums that do have age statements, but but that's almost a completely separate category from the types of rums that you're talking about.
0: Correct. Yeah, I should have stated, I'm, I'm talking more about those craft products like we've talked mm-hmm. to with uh, Dacabend and others. There mm-hmm. are, you know, a few others out there, you know, Paranubes and uh, some of the others. So it's those that are starting to bring out these age stocks, like Paranubes has an Añejo, Sharanda uh, has a, an age stock, mm-hmm. I believe as well, mm-hmm. Uruapan. So it's thinking about it from saying, okay, well, does it make sense? Even if it's a younger age statement, even if it's an age five or or seven, something like that, when they can work up to it, does that somehow help them to differentiate and distinguish slightly from the Mezcal and tequila market that's dominant there?
1: UruPon might be the brand to do that. And I'm actually, I'm looking at their tarasco brand mm-hmm.
0: the salt salt tarasco
1: yeah i'm seeing if there if any of those have an age statement and i don't think oh this they actually have one that uses really reposado language oh um, okay it's not an age statement but it says a uh, grand reserva reposado right. and they have a grand reserva añejo which i believe right. is yeah it's just longer really? aged so, so ostensibly,
0: that's happening because they are. That is the language that people understand, right? Yeah. With an aged spirit, and so this is akin to that. And I think that's why they do it because I think that that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm almost counterculturing it in a way of saying like, okay, but maybe the move might be to separate yourself go from that the grain. movement and go against the grain, and then say, oh wow, this is like something that's. More like, and I hate using this as a comparison, but more like Scotch. People expect Scotch, a lot of them, to have H statements, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that kind of just goes with the territory, if you will, or maybe you know bourbon to some degree. But that was the idea of whether or not it's worthwhile for them to think about it in a different direction than perhaps they had, uh, especially yeah. if if it's going to be available in the states.
1: Well, and I was going to say, if there were one of those distilleries of the style that you're talking about to do it, I think it would be Urupan, just because mm-hmm. I think they've been around longer, or not been around longer necessarily, but I think they have a little more scale than a lot of these smaller More artisanal Mm -hmm. kind of producers out there. And when you are a small producer, I think it's difficult to get to a consistent age statement release just because, you know, there's only so much you can barrel. Um, Your production is a lot smaller capacity. And you can do maybe some, you know, single barrel, two year release or something like that, but it just takes. A long time usually to work yourself up to being able to you know put out a consistent five-year release sure um and actually now that we've been through this whole conversation um literally the (laughs) distillery we just talked to daca bend has a four-year release that has four years on it so they have done exactly what you're saying
0: well, shit. <laughs> so
1: maybe we should have uh, you know, thought of that at the beginning of the conversation. But I'm trying to look at the label because, okay, it says four years old on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, like they call it in Añejo, but it says four years old on the label. So okay. this exists. Document is doing exactly what you are recommending. So we'll see how it goes from them. I know when I well, talk to Al- Alessandro, to they, yeah. they have some more age stuff that they want to do. But um, it is like very limited like i don't think we should expect like an always available consistent aged release from them for for a while
0: well another winning idea uh already in the works
1: <laughs> well, with all that said, uh, I, that's that's all the ideas I had worth mentioning. But I am curious, like I said earlier, I, I'd love to hear ideas from the community. What rums do you think are missing? It would be great to be able to read some reader ideas on maybe our next uh, intro of an episode. I'd love to mm-hmm. revisit this topic with some fresh ideas from listeners. What did we miss that is obvious? Do any of our ideas sound appealing to you? Would you buy them? Do any of them terrible. sound terrible. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Send us an email at host at rumcast.com. That's H-O-S-T at rumcast.com. Um, or you can send us a message on your social media platform of choice. John, where, where can they find us there?
0: That's right. At the Rumcast, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, you can hit us up on the DM or leave a comment on any of the things that we post. And we're always happy to engage through those means as well. If you're a social media type person, much like myself, Will. I know yes. you not so much. Not not um, so much.
1: But I do love email. If you send, if you send <laughs> us an email, I will... read it and respond. So, yeah. with all that said, uh, I'm excited about our next interview. I don't want to reveal who it is yet, but it's someone that we've been wanting to talk to for quite a while. Uh, Been recommended a couple of times. Yep, Mm -hmm. yep, it's one we hear a lot. So, Mm -hmm. finally got it on the books. We're going to record that later this week, and it'll be out in a few weeks. But, yeah, John, until then, it was fun to dream up some rums that we wish existed with you. Perhaps someday in the future... One or more of these will come to life and we can toast it together and celebrate.
0: We need to put this in a time capsule and come back to (laughs) it in five or 10 years and see what happened.
1: All right, well, until next time.
0: Cheers.